Welcome to the Low Carbon Business Podcast, the home of future thinking enterprise. For the innovators, the dreamers, the grafters, the progressive entrepreneurs, business is changing. It's taking more responsibility for its impact on the environment. With smaller firms being a creative wellspring for this shift, more and more SMEs are showing that being green is good for business, as well as doing good for the planet. We discuss global challenges from a local perspective, explore green technologies, new business models and sustainable supply chains. Tune in for useful tips, insight and information about how to improve your bottom line whilst making a positive impact on the planet. Let's jump in. What is the Decarbonise Project? To kick off the podcast, Fred Patterson and Bruno Galotta from the University of Derby delve deep into the roots and origins of the Decarbonise Project. The project is one of around 50 programmes set up across England that help small and medium-sized enterprises, or SMEs, in Derbyshire and Nottinghamshire to become more sustainable and save money by increasing energy and resource efficiency whilst reducing carbon emissions. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. Um, I think what's important for this conversation today is to dive deep into the project DNA to find out where it came from, what it does, and I'm looking into the future, the possibilities of the project. So Fred, I'm going to point this first question over to you. Can you tell me a bit about the Decarbonise project and, and what it is? So the Decarbonise programme, as is now, uh, began life um, somewhere around 2015 when uh, the City Council had a successful energy efficiency programme called Bespoke, which was coming to the end of its funding stream and was looking to partner with the university to take that on to the next level and the new European Regional Development Funding. Um, and um, the professor at the time um, who was charged with uh, running the bids uh, suggested to me that uh, it would be a good idea to have a business element as well as an engineering element. So I came into the design team uh, to try and instill some uh, a, a business ethic to the programme. So there was always designed into, into it some energy efficiency that the council had been doing successfully for several years before that. Uh, there was the work with our sustainable engineering group, which was designed to help businesses design and develop new products uh, or improve um, processes and operations. But we also recognised at the time that um, the low carbon economy, as it was known at that time, required many, many smaller businesses to not only to improve their own operations, but for them themselves to be developing and marketing their own products or or selling on existing products that was going to help them grow as a business. So that whole business growth and business improvement was stitched in uh, right from the design stage. Um, at that time, actually, there were five or six bids went into various funding pots, and the university was successful in virtually all of them. So there was a, 
uh, great celebration, but then a, a mild panic about how we were going to deliver all of these things, which we have successfully done over the years. But um, it, it was a it was a point of uh, a shift for the university in that we were becoming much more engaged directly with businesses at the time on this agenda. So at the time called low carbon economy. The original program was D2, energy efficiency, so Derby and Derbyshire energy efficiency, uh, also known as the Low Carbon Project. So we've had multiple names over the years. And when the, pro the, pro the project funding came to renewal after the first three years, uh, the decision was made to try and simplify the brand, if you like, and we became known as Decarbonize. Amazing. Okay, Bruno, I'll put this on to you then. So tell me about some of the support that the project offers. So the project has three main strands, uh, one of them being covered by the city and the county council, uh, and they provide energy efficiency projects uh, to SMEs in the region. Uh, within the university, we do have two main strands, uh, one of them with the Institute of Sustainable Engineering that provides uh, technical support to SMEs in the region, uh, and we, as part of the business school, that provide business support to SMEs in the region, mostly uh, within sustainable operations and also sustainable supply chains. Incredible. It's amazing. You know, it's uh, as a someone who runs their own business, I think this has been happening more since the pandemic that so many businesses now, if you're working remotely or a lot of businesses tend to work in isolation, they work, they don't tend to come out of their businesses and speak to other other businesses and you know f tap into these networks find these opportunities so the work that you and the services that you're offering and the support is amazing so my next question and I'll put this to you Fred is what are the incentives for businesses to come to you to seek support or how do you actively go out and find these businesses and, and tell them about what you offer at the moment, uh, here we are in 2022, the incentive is very clear for many businesses. There is a massive increase in energy costs. So the first thing that businesses uh, can benefit from is an energy audit from the uh, council. And the council team will go along and look at the, the various heating, lighting uh, and other aspects uh, of the business and produce an audit to um, support energy efficiency measures for which the, pro the programme offers a, a grant. And the, 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 the council grants uh, uh, pay up to 40% of the, the, the value of, the, of the, the measure. So that's great. Businesses can save money um, by, by getting a grant and, and introducing these, these measures. Other businesses are, are more focused on their operations. So um, what we're saying to businesses is, if you think you can become more efficient as a, as, a, as a business, come and talk to the Sustainable Engineering Group here at the University of Derby. And there are all sorts of um, things that we can help them with. So for instance, you know, companies who, who are majoring in refrigeration installation. So are there technical things that we can help to improve the, the, the technical nature of refrigeration to reduce the energy requirement? So are you interested in those kind of technical innovations? And we're also saying to businesses, if you're a smaller businesses, you know, you might be a, a, a beauty product re retailer and you want to think about less about the product because you've already got that, but how is it that you can engage your customer base more effectively using green markets? marketing or uh, impact upon your supply chain, then there's things that the, 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 the business side of the program would address. How do we communicate that is the, is the key question. 
So there's a, there's a multiple offer going on here. So it's quite a sophisticated offer. So at the beginning of the program, we set up the Low Carbon Business Network as part of the program. And that has grown from uh, a base of zero businesses to now over 190 businesses that are essentially just on the journey towards net zero, who, who are in some way pro-environmental. They want to green their business. So they're not just technical businesses who are doing very sophisticated things with wind turbines or solar panels or things like that. This is any business that really wants to get on that journey. And we supported them with face-to-face -face events. Uh, every year we have a, a, a sustainability summit, which we co-host with the chamber, so that we have the benefits of the engagement of the through the, the chamber networks, as well as using our own university marketing uh, colleagues. So big events like that that profile the, the work of the network and the program, uh, as well as other things that the university do. Um, and we have a Twitter channel, so at Carbon Derby. Um, and in some senses, that's the best ongoing way to tap into the things that we're doing and also the things that we come across that we, that we believe to be of use to businesses. Um, and of course, we've got a, a uh, a website for the, the the program itself, which gives technical information about how to how to access the grants and so on. Having said all of that, I think that the the best way that we engage with businesses, and just uh, just on the consultancy side, we've worked with more than fifty businesses over over six years. A lot of that is about people recognizing us as a team and it's the one-to-one -one contact through you know, making presentations or going out to visit or to attending uh, one kind of event or another is, is that people see what we do and who we are and they say, oh, Fred, you know, actually, I, I, I'm interested to know more about what you're doing and we make a contact that way. I would say a good proportion of the businesses we work with come to us, they've probably, come, they've probably connected with us through multiple channels, but it's when we, we've seen them face to face, we feel that we get the best impact in terms of engagement. Well, what drives businesses to, to get involved? Because I'm, I'm guessing that there's a lot of business out there that are ethically minded, they're, you know, they're into sustainability, they care about the environment, they just want to do good businesses. And they're probably quite easy to find and probably find it quite easy to find you. Are there businesses out there, what other types of businesses engage with the program? What makes businesses curious to, to get involved? Is it purely money related or what are the other kind of factors that connect businesses with you? I think there are lots of different reasons. Um, some of the businesses that we deal with are way ahead. So they're doing brilliant things. Um, they're not already um, linked with the university or engaged with the university in any way and recognize rightly that that's a marker of continued success and development and growth. So that's, you know, and we love working with those businesses because we learn as much as, as they do in, in that in engagement. So that's the kind of the leading edge, if you like. Then there's the businesses who really want to save money and they, they've, they've got the notion that actually if we can, you know, put up some uh, solar panels or if we can uh, in, uh, introduce some insulation that will save money on our energy bills. And actually, here's an opportunity through a grant and the technical assistance of, um, the, in our case, the, the, the council team uh, who, who would engage with them for that. So that's um, a really important kind of first step for businesses who 
are aware that they could benefit from this, but don't quite know how. So that's very common. And a lot of the businesses that go through our um, audit and grant scheme will be the ones that recognize there are clear benefits. Um, so the program has provided um, a lot of money through grants, over £1.6 million over the, the course of the program, um, which we think has delivered about three quarters of a million pounds in savings. So that those businesses are really mindful that these kind of um, low carbon, uh, earth friendly net zero measures have got a, a bottom line cost saving opportunity. Then there's the kind of the businesses who are um, more interested in kind of technical operations. So they, they might be running kind of compressors or they've got uh, particular types of equipment that they recognize uh, may not be the most efficient, but they haven't got the expertise in-house to review that themselves. And, you know, as ever with these things, there's a lot of sales uh, people out there trying to sell, you know, certain products um, in every kind of field. Um, and, and what they want is an expert view that's impartial. So that's when they would deal with our sustainable engineering guys. From the business school point of view, we're really interested in businesses who are rethinking their business model. So what is it like to go from being a, a car leasing company to an ethical, environmentally friendly car leasing company? So what does that mean for business models? What does it mean to, to, to move from being a grocery delivery company to being a plastic free net zero delivery company? Um, what does it mean to be a retailer to become an ethical retailer that uses um, uh, only eth ethically sourced um, products and, uh, and materials? And how, how do you make that transition? So in that sense, there's a, the kind of businesses that want to enter a dialogue with a knowledgeable third party, the university, in order to help them to radically rethink their, their business. So businesses come with all sorts of drivers for this um, not all driven by pure ethical moral reasons mostly they're driven by business reasons but with an environmental consciousness or a, an ethical base so I think what we do see is for those businesses that are making the biggest changes so those in the middle so not the the leading edge ones and not the, the just cost saving ones all of those in the in the middle often come with a morally driven purpose-led approach and want help it's exciting actually to hear the ranges of businesses from hospitality to logistics to manufacturing um because you know, some sectors sometimes are a little bit ahead of the curve but it seems like it's getting picked up in multiple sectors and multiple industries. This is probably a good time to jump on to some case studies, Bruno, actually. So um, talk me through just a handful of really good case studies where businesses have come to you and, and, and some really great transformational stories. So, yeah, as part of the Decarbonize project, we worked with uh, a number of companies. Uh, of course, that we worked with companies in very different ways. For some of those companies, the projects that we had were more focused on energy efficiency. For some others, uh, were more into the technical uh, development and some others were around uh, the business support. 
and we worked with companies from different sizes. We worked with a few companies that were purely sole traders or less than 10 employees, for instance, uh, up to companies with over 100 employees. Uh, of course, that as part of the program, we only supported SMEs. So all of the companies they had uh, to be considered an SME. So we worked with a company based in the East Midlands called Coordon, uh, which is a demolition company. And from the initial conversations that we had with them, uh, we were a bit unsure on what would be the main carbon emissions for them. So initially, we did the work just to map out what are the main categories for the carbon emissions uh, for them. And surprisingly, we got that 85% of the carbon emissions uh, associated with their operations uh, were around the fuels usage. Uh, and at that time, they were heavy users of a fuel that is called red diesel. Uh, unfortunately for them, or actually fortunately for them, uh, there were some changes uh, into the UK policy. So starting from the 1st of April this year, 2022, uh, Companies from various sectors, they wouldn't be allowed anymore to use red diesel, also known as gas oil, uh, to power their vehicles and equipment. So the companies, they had to move out of the, this type of uh, fuel. So they had to do a transition. And the work that we did with them uh, was just to understand and try to find what would be the alternatives for that type of fuel. Uh, of course, they could go for regular diesel, also called white diesel. Uh, however, there is a new fuel uh, in the market that is, uh, that is a biofuel that is called an HVO, uh, which provided similar performance. Actually, in some tests, it has a little bit of a higher performance. Uh, and also, it is less noisy and way less pollutant in comparison to regular diesel or to red diesel. So in comparison to uh, those other types of diesel, it's around 90 or 92% more efficient, uh, which means 90 or 92% less carbon uh, to do the same job. So we helped Coordon to organize uh, some trials and tests uh, using biodiesels uh, just to see if it was possible for their machinery to use uh, that type of fuel. And fortunately, yes, it was possible. And they started doing this transition. Wow, incredible. That's really, really good. And, you know, for businesses out there that, you know, maybe work in construction or engineering that use large machinery, the, the, the companies that you just mentioned or the company you just mentioned they don't they're not in isolation there is companies not just over the in the Midlands but all over the UK and all over the world that have exactly the same issues as they are they're in this transitional process and it's probably quite reassuring to hear um, that other companies are in the same process and having the same problems and going through the same transitions so there's a blueprint out there for these organizations to share their knowledge and share how they made these transitions into a more sustainable fuel source okay so if businesses if there's if, if there's startups out there people working in their bedrooms or people that have got you know growing businesses if they want to be more progressive and they want to innovate um, by increasing their sustainability and save money and reducing energy costs, where's a good starting point? Where should they, where should they start, Fred? The first step really is to make a commitment. So it's that recognising that we, we can all and 
we should actually be on a journey. So from where we are now to a world actually which is sustainable and the business has its contribution to make to that. So in the UK, um, small businesses contribute about a third of all emissions. So this is not just about government reg regulation. It's not just about the big corporates. Now, there are lots of small businesses that are con contributing to that one third of all UK emissions. So there are many more businesses. However, those businesses are creative, they're adaptive, um, and it's really, you know, to be seen as part of the solution is a really important thing. So am I as a business, I'm a, you know, if I'm a one-person business working from my kind of kitchen, um, retailing, I don't know, beauty products or whatever it might be, jam, what is it that I can do to move from where I am now to becoming that earth-friendly, progressive, sustainable, future-fit business? So make the commitment and begin to look around you to see other businesses like me. So they might not be selling the same product or exactly the same service. Um, but what, what are other businesses around who are doing this, but doing it in a more ethical, more values-based, more environmentally-based way? Because there will be, because there are examples of these kind of businesses all over the place. So make that commitment to be part of the future, not part of the past. The second thing that you can do, and every business can do this no matter what their size, is to measure your energy uh, uh, and carbon emissions. So in the present climate, it's really obvious that everyone should be uh, understand their energy costs and energy usage. Why wouldn't you be doing that when the cost of energy is going through the roof? So that's an obvious thing to do. But every business can now very easily do a proper carbon footprint. So there are all sorts of uh, calculators available on, on the web. Um, and if you look at our uh, SME Net Zero Pathways, there are links to, to various of those that, that people can, can look up. Probably most notably, the SME Climate Hub uh, used Normative uh, as a platform to provide calculations for every, every business, uh, particularly under uh, 50 employees. So all small businesses can use that for free. What we find is that once businesses... Um, have a look at that carbon footprint, it becomes fairly obvious where the major emissions come from, from, from any particular um, business. Um, one thing that we can say in general is that actually not, not always is it energy and not always is it travel, um, transport costs that contribute the most. For a lot of businesses, it's actually the supply chain. So if you're that kitchen um, uh, business owner uh, selling beauty products but your beauty products are coming from China it doesn't matter whether you, you whether you improve your en the energy efficiency of your kitchen most of the emissions will come in the in the journey from China to the UK so do I need to buy my materials or my uh, products to, to resell uh, from abroad that's a really, it's a very, it's just a, it's kind of a straightforward thing that anyone can do tomorrow. Now, making the decision to change that is, you know, is a bigger act of, uh, of transformation. But it's, but it's the, these kind of acts which are, are doable for, for every business. What is the next step that takes me towards a future fit uh, way of doing business? And those two things as a starting point is make a commitment, make a pledge, make it public um, communicate with your with your clients and consumers because they'll like it 
communicate with potential clients and consumers because they'll like it even more. We know that people like to buy from um, ethical and environmental companies. Make that pledge, make it public, and then learn how to do a carbon footprint. And if you don't know how to do it, look on the web. If you don't still don't know how to do it, come and find people like us, because in every area of the UK, there will be people, programs like ours, who can help you do that. Great. So just a few things to jump on there. I think in terms of online websites and resources, we can put them in the show notes of this show um, and we can also share it on comments and, and whatever platform listeners are listening to this show. The other thing I'd like to jump on there is I love the fact that you said make a promise. Um, as someone who works within brand, um, I'm a big believer that if you are, whatever you stand for and whatever you're fighting for or fighting against needs to be within the fabric of your organization and that really comes from a brand level and when we talk about brand we talk about the identity the connect connectedness that you have with all your stakeholders and within within anyone that comes close to your brand that often really if you boil that down we call it purpose it's the purpose of why you exist what you produce and who you serve and actually doing this it's not a bolt-on it's something that's woven into every operational system into every um, mind and, and and heart of every employee within the organization so it's something that has to it's a network activity it takes time but I, I love the fact that you said that make the promise and actually it's something that we all have to believe in it's something that's common ground it's something that sticks it all together really Okay, so what's the future? Where I know this the decarbonise project is come to an end, but there's obviously loads of other cool, exciting things happening. Tell us about what's what's what does the future look like? Well, the future's exciting. Um, as a program, we're coming to a close. We're awaiting new funding streams, uh, which, as we as we speak, are you know, uncertain. We have the shared uh, prosperity funds, which are administered through local councils now, and that is all unfolding as we speak. And maybe by the time listeners are coming to listen to this, that that will be a bit clearer. So um, there isn't a neat continuity between the the, the existing uh, program, which comes to an end uh, later in 2022, and, and what the future of that program will will be however we are uh, running um, an intermediate program called the net zero accelerator which is part of a, a, a bigger scheme of uh, uh, business support across the east midlands um, uh, through a different uh, funding stream the community renewal fund on the back of the the pandemic and that's given us a um, a way to to trial some some different ways of working what we what we're learning about the from from the intermediate program uh, is how to try and work at greater scale um, and hopefully greater pace. So this is a, a much shorter program. Uh, and one thing we're trialling is how can we engage businesses who are right at the beginning? They just they're at the stage of just about making the promise, making the pledge, and what's my first step? So we're we're um, working with uh, Zella as a sustainability platform. Uh, to try and engage many more so in the hundreds of businesses to just get get on journey um, to to create a profile and to begin thinking about energy and some of the other things that they can do the the exciting thing about that is it's the the move from you know there's programs like ours all across the the country 
And what we need to learn how to do is to, is to work at much greater scale and to get businesses coming through this way of, new way of, uh, of doing business more rapidly. Um, and how do we do that? And I think the using um, you know platforms and uh, and other uh, uh, web-based approaches um, are important. Over the over the pandemic, um, uh, we've been like everyone, we've been doing a lot more online um, engagement with businesses, and that, that has many many pluses in that we can engage more businesses and do shorter sessions, which they they, they like to do an hour at lunchtime on uh, how to how to do a carbon footprint. Um, but that's not that's not ultimately the, the the solution. It's about how do we create um, a whole movement of businesses that. Although they don't know how you know how exactly they're going to get to the end point, they know where they're going to get the help from. And at the moment, that's the bit we need to convert. So more businesses understand where to go to to make to start making the, that, that journey. Okay, so if, if if someone if a business is listening to this or they think about setting up a business and everything that we're saying resonates with them, where should we send them? Where can they find out more about the work that you do, and where's a good call to action? So um, from the University of Derby, the, the obvious uh, channel to, to come to would be our low carbon business network. Um, the web addresses are in the notes. There's also our, on our university web pages, there's the SME Net Zero Pathway uh, resources, which attempts to try and make, it, make the journey simple, a number of steps through the journey with all sorts of pointers and resources that will help them think about the, that particular step. I think it's also important to uh, acknowledge at least a couple of um, national websites. So the SME Climate, Climate Hub um, is a really useful resource, uh, which includes a calculator that businesses can, can use. Um, and there's all sorts of resources in that, in, that, um, in that web space. There's also zerocarbonbusiness.uk, which is uh, supported by a range of national organisations, which provides a brilliant resource for businesses of all kinds, SMEs including, that um, pro- provides that useful starting point in all sorts of uh, categories of business interest. So I'd recommend that as well. Brilliant. Okay, Bruno, anything to add? Have you got anywhere that you'd like to send listeners? Anything that's super useful or they'll find, you know, lots of little nuggets of information and advice? Uh, Probably my only advice that uh, low carbon might seem a bit complicated, but it shouldn't be and it's not complicated. Uh, And we can always uh, improve the way that we are doing business. And this can be as little as uh, changing our supplier or changing our uh, our electricity provider to actually uh, to actually investing in our supply chain to actually uh, changing the way that we are doing business to change our business model. Uh, so it's up for the business to do what they can do. So we know that we have a plan to the future. We know that there is a major issue at the future. Uh, but we also know that we need to do one step at a time. And we are here just to help you do the first few steps. Incredible. Thank you. That's amazing. Um, thank you for the, all the information and advice. Thanks for telling me about the project. We'll, um, we'll stick all the, the, the advice and the links and the websites that you mentioned in the show notes. 
And yeah, it's exciting. It, it kind of, we're talking about an end of a project here, but it feels like it's just the beginning. And um, I'm really excited to see how it all grows and develops. But yeah, what would you like to finish on, Fred? Yeah, I, I, I think the, the exciting future is increasingly the businesses that are purpose-led and environmentally uh, conscious will be connecting with one another. And that's one of the things that this podcast will, will hopefully do. Um, um, our Low Carbon Business Network aims to do. Um, there are other regional organisations like the, the Chambers, uh, Sustainable, Sustainable East Midlands. Uh, and I think that's the, the, the future is um, as much about the way businesses come together and see themselves supporting this whole movement for ethical, purpose-led, responsible business as it is about individual technical changes within, within businesses. It's about us all taking an ownership of the agenda and also flipping our mindset to see it as a massive opportunity this is not just about compliance. It's not just about saving money around you know, energy costs. This is about changing our world. And SMEs will be at the heart of that, I think even more so than governments and, and large corporations. It will be a groundswell of activity that will make the big change. So at the moment, we've had significant kind of large-scale um, uh, initiatives framed. But actually... The, the important thing that we do in the next 10 to 15 years is that we, we, we become a movement and all business owners uh, from the very smallest business uh, through to the large businesses feel that, that they have a responsibility not only to kind of make a profit, to support their workers, but they have a responsibility for their environment as well. Uh, and I think that's the future. One of the last messages would be that you're not alone. Uh, as uh, from our experience of working with businesses, we constantly discuss with smaller companies and they usually feel like they are swimming in this whole ocean and they feel like they are lost, that they don't have uh, anything else to hold on. Uh, and we just want to say that there is much more. I mean, we would like to encourage businesses to look for support. We would like to encourage businesses to look for collaboration collaboration as well, uh, because I believe that both collaboration and support, they are essential for us to beating up this challenge that we have and looking for the future. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. The Low Carbon Business Podcast is brought to you by the University of Derby. Thank you to all our partners. The show is produced by Seed. Audio by Guru Music. Please remember to like and subscribe and leave a review on the platform you're listening to this on. To get in touch, contact us using the links in the show notes. We'd love to hear about your business, project or idea. Save money, protect the environment and re-energise your business. This is the Low Carbon Business Podcast.